We are with Rabbi Mordechai. Welcome, everyone, to another week with your hosts, Mordechai Weinberger and Harav Nissen. Looking forward to taking your questions and your comments. And we are really looking forward to Merit Hashem having a successful program. The number to ask your question or your comment is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. And we are looking forward to getting, again, taking your question or comments along the mental health field. We always ask that it should be appropriate, family appropriate. If you have your children age 6, 7 and up, would you would feel comfortable and safe for them to hear the question. Again, the number to call in is 718-683-5858. And looking forward to taking your question or your comment. We are going to go to our first caller, Mr. Y. You're on the air with... Hi. Hi. Thank you for having the program. Um, yes, Shalom Aleichem. My pleasure. I wanted to know, I've been going to therapy for a couple months, and I want to two questions in therapy. One is, what's the best way to be a... I'm sorry, it's a little bit hard to hear you. What do you say? It's hard to hear you. Is it possible you found a quiet place? Yeah, could you stay in one place or be in a a closed place? Yeah, could you hear me now? Yes. What's the best way to be the best client? I've been going to therapy for a couple months. It has been working. I was wondering whether or not. It tips. has been working or it has not been working? It has been working. It has, it has just been working. So what's your question? Are you doing a good job? If it's working, you're doing great. All right. I was curious whether or not you have any general techniques. To, uh, of course there are, but it all depends on you. I'm going to ask you the same muscle. What's the best way to learn? It depends. Is it Gemara? Is it Chumash? Is it being open? There's so many involved in that question. All right. So, I mean, what should I? What would I tell you to? Do you need to give me more information? What are you going for? The simple okay. ones I can tell you is: Do you disagree with a therapist? Do you come in with your preconceived notions about what the answer should be? How many no. secrets are you still keeping from your from the therapist? I have a right, client sir. that came to me pretty recently, and the Baruch Hashem, after the first session, we were able to get a let out. The person told me, you know, I went to another therapist for about three months, and I really never got to this yet, and said I was, I was prepared to open up to you, but not till the fifth or the tenth session. So my question to you is, let's go to the deepest one. How much of your, did you share all the difficult stuff, or there is something that you want to talk about that in your mind, you go, nah, it's not important to share? Um, I've been... Pretty, pretty open with him almost about anything. There um, you go. That almost, that almost, that, that 5 or 10%, that's where the secret is. Can you right. write it down and give it to your therapist or be open? Yeah, I mean, this, Remember, this with therapists, we hear this all day. We're almost like the doctors. When you've got to go to a doctor and the doctor's got to check you out physically, emotionally, the therapist, when we understand all the, de- all the details, especially the areas that are affecting you, and to everyone, whatever their area is, it's the most embarrassing thing. So to someone, it could be that they weren't accepted in a school. To someone, it could be that they failed a test. To someone, it could be that their parents are divorced. To someone, it could be that their parents didn't get divorced when they should have gotten divorced. To some people, that their parents are Balchuvas. To some people, that their parents are very wealthy. To some people, that their parents are Rabbanim. doesn't matter what it is. But if it's to you the greatest issue, 
then that secret to you is what you've got to get out. And then we'll start analyzing and recognizing how did that affect you for all these years and how is the secret affecting you. So that's just one of the little tools. Now, again, the question is, if you've got OCD and you've got to do exposure, then that will be the point that you've got to do. If you've got anxiety, then maybe it's about sharing some of the painful times that you're afraid to share about and things, <coughs> things along those lines. Um, each diagnosis, if it's borderline, it's about sticking to the same therapist. It's about not changing therapists. If you're a narcissist, when the therapist is in your face and telling you you have a problem, actually listen and say you have a problem. Mm. So each okay. diagnosis will have each its way how to deal with its problems. I don't want you to share on air what your diagnosis is, but I just want you to be aware. Whatever is the hardest part for you to come clean with, to, come, to open up to the therapist, that's where you want to go. Can I ask you one more question about... Go ahead. Therapy? By the way, now hold on. Without giving details, what are you getting from this answer? Um, I'm getting out. It sounds like that. Just put everything on the table. Um, then from there, you should at least get to a certain extent of what you can get out of, mostly get out of. That's the more right. you put it on the table, the more you could get out of it, basically. That's right. That's right. Harif, listen, what's your suggestion? Even though you're having on to therapy, but you're in business, what's the best way? You're in construction. What's the best way for you to do a construction site? Uh, I, I would say that, first of all, I think it's, uh, this is uh, all, all idea of Tikkun Abidot, you know, that when we found, when we're facing the most difficult area, this is our Tikkun. This is what, what we have to fix. And this is, uh, you know, when, when you're doing construction, again, uh, <laughs> you're starting the, from the foundation to the roof. But, uh, you know, if you don't do it the right way, everything collapses. And uh, if you cut corners, what you say in our language, uh, it's not working. But either you're working the right way, you put the, the, pour the cement, the right cement, you put the metal bars inside, and then go gradually and going up. Or just, uh, you know, build uh, shaky and we saw a lot of uh, disaster on this issue. So this is the same. I, I, I think this is exactly the seminar in every single uh, person and how, how you take your life and how you, how you build yourself from, uh, from, let's say, from scratch. Exactly. Thank you. Excellent. Now, what was the second question? Also, for someone that would like to ask your question, the number is 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. We are waiting for your calls. Please go ahead, call up. And go ahead. What was your second question? Second question is, um, the reason why specifically I went to this therapist is because he specializes in anxiety and a job of OCD. This guy actually specializes in OCD, but I've heard to him because of anxiety. Um, yeah. Throughout the process, past like two months, it also came out, which I wasn't surprised by it, of a big, big um, part of um, being dependent on other people and not having your own strength. Yeah. So I was wondering whether or not. Um, how does it work in general with therapists? Like, if you specialize in anxiety or OCD, does that mean you're able to take care of other issues also? Well, I guess it's very complicated because the, the question is how much training 
does the therapist have in other areas? Some people just specialize in one area and don't have. I was so humbled when we once had Dr. Tversky many, many years ago, Dr. Abram Tversky on the program, and someone asked him a parenting question. He says, oh, I want you to know I don't have any experience in the parenting field. So I was, it was humbled for, him to, for me to hear him say that. And then with certain medications, he says, that with this certain thing, he says, that's not my expertise. His expertise is addiction, codependence, self-esteem, and so many other areas. So if you want to know if your therapist is experienced in that area, ask them. They will tell you. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. And just keep on going. If you see the results, keep on getting help. Keep on showing up and be open. Share everything, divulge everything. And again, the number to call and to ask your question is 718-683-5858, and we are going to Ms. S. Ms. S., you're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nisna on radio. Hello. Yes, hi. So I have a question. So I come from, like, sort of like my parents' marriage is not so blissed. So I've seen people and... Wait, how are you old enough or mature enough like um, to ask this question? Because you're on air and many people can recognize your voice. Um, I think so. All right, go ahead. So I've spoken to somebody and they've told me I seem pretty fine. So I want to know what are some tips that I could use so Mir Tasham, when the time comes, I could be able to make sure that my future will not be like this. That's a very complicated question because to answer the question of what can I suggest that your marriage should not look like your parents, or let's say your aunt and uncle's marriage, we don't know what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. You would to share with us what are the difficulties that you have. So, for an example, do you give in all the time? Do you back off all the time? Do you confront all the time or most of the time? Do you try to appease everyone? Do you try to, do you try to, do you, let's say, go on your own space? Do you keep your own privacy? Like everyone well, let's say, deals let's say I try to please everyone, and it's hard to please Okay, well, that's the first thing. There you go. You want to work on yourself. Stop working on stop pleasing everyone. Start taking care of your needs as well. That will be the best thing that you can do, because then you get overwhelmed trying to please everyone, burying everything, and then you get disappointed and hurt. When people aren't understanding you or people aren't reciprocating, go ahead. If you would like to know to help yourself, practice saying twice a day no. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Does that make sense to you? Yes, that makes a lot what of sense. What do you sense. think would happen if you would say twice a day no? You can say a hundred times yes, but two times you've got to say no. What will mm-hmm. change? Okay, thank you very much, and I really enjoy the show. Good. Now, I just want to, can we just work this out? What do you yeah, think sure. will change if you will be able to say no twice a day? So I guess I will look for two things to say no to. Right, but what's the benefit of that? So that I won't feel like I have to please every person that I come across. Yeah, but what will change? What will change in your life if that will happen? I'll be like less stressed because I won't feel like every single thing I'll have to do and I won't have to like please everybody. It will just be whatever I could do, I could do. That's right. 
Excellent. Beautiful. That is exactly the point. Now, uh, I'm sure, Rav Nissen, what, what, what is your suggestion? Okay. Uh, first of all, well, I'm, uh, one second. Yeah, I want to hear what Rav Nissen suggests. Yes. I, I want to say that, first of all, I'm very, very, uh, you know, proud to say that we have uh, such a young ladies that care about their future and look, you know, the, the, to, to change something. It's, it's gorgeous. The awareness that we, uh, uh, you and all the station is doing, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I really, I really love the question and I see the sincerity. Um, before I, we put it on air, I just, I, I, I saw the sincerity of this uh, young lady and I, I was touched about it. And I think that too, I, my answer is, was almost the same like before about building the right way, the right construction. And basically, we have a very, very good foundation as, as a Chachamim, our rabbis. And going with this, follow the derech of kibud, respect each other, respect each other. And uh, as Mordechai said, uh, you're oversensitive and don't blame yourself. What I felt is that you blame yourself on the situation and the house. And you're trying to be uh, uh, too kind to other other people. Try to build yourself from, from basically from the beginning, and you see and bezat Hashem, Akadosh Baruch Hu Yishlach Lach, the right shiduch, the right husband, and everything will be uh, perfect because you have the, the the ability and the power to change things that you saw uh, in the past. Amen. Thank you. Beautiful. I thank you for that chizuk, Rav It is so true. Being aware, asking that question is the first and most important step on, on, on creating a happy marriage. And I want you to realize everyone has got something to work on to improve their marriage so they can grow. So the fact that you're asking it earlier is such an amazing love. And with Siata Dishmaya, with the Klech you put in now, you shouldn't even need it. It will just be taking workshops that will just help you take your marriage from good to great. But L- Baruch Hashem, not and to listen, have... Listen to Rabbi Itzi Greenfield also. <laughs> and That's right. Rabbi, yeah, Rabbi Greenfield is also unbelievable in um, all his workshops and all yeah. his information on, on his details. Yes. Okay, thank you. We'll go to... Oh, thank right. you. Thank you and Baruch Hatzlacha. We'll go yes. to Mr. We, e. We have a Mr. E. But hold on, just before we do it, can we read that question? Because I feel it's important that you okay. sent me. Let okay. me just read a question that we got. Okay. Now, we usually don't take questions when we've got but this is important because I feel it's Rabbanim Shaila, and it's important. Hi, thanks in advance for answering my question. You always mention to first connect to a Rav when you find yourself in a situation. So my question is, if my husband, which has an addiction, also is going off the derech, to which kind of Rav do I connect? to my type of a Rav, or rather a modern Rav that will understand my husband too. This question, I feel, isn't the correct question because the premise isn't correct. Premise means the underlying thought is that if someone is a from Rav, then they don't understand people going off the derech or modern. And if someone is modern, then they won't understand a from person. I'd like you to know that Years ago, when I had one of my clients tell me that he has an OCD, that he's got to be a Godel Adar, I wanted to tell him, do you know the Shilas that the Gedolim get every day? A Godel is someone that will understand your husband going off the Derech, because they get these questions. The way there's a Siata Deshmai, that they make it to the big level, is by understanding the difficulties, the Nisiyanis, and all the issues that are going on. That is how they get to that level. So do you think a Rav is going to be completely, co- will we'll get to a level where the Rabbanim 
Remember, the Rabbanim, the smaller Rabbanim, need to ask the bigger Gedalim, the Shilas, so they go to all the difficult Shilas of people going off the Derech that happen. A husband is being from, is not being from. A wife is being from, not being from. What do you eat? Could you eat? Can't you eat? The kids are going there with them. They're separated. They're not. There is Chil Shabbos. There is Chil. There's so much that goes on. Who do you think answers these Shilas? Only the biggest of Gedalim. So I would like to now read your question again and change it. And I want to hear what Rav Nissen says to this. But again, so you always mention to first connect to a Rav when you find yourself in a situation. So my question is, if my husband suffers from addiction and going with the derech, what kind of Rav do I connect to? Do I go to a Rav that doesn't work with mental health, or do I go to the Gedalim that have experience with mental health? And to there, I'll tell you, is of course you go to the Gedalim that have to deal with mental health, no matter how from they are in any kehila. Because the bigger the Rabbanim and the more out there, the more experience they have. Harav what do you say to this? I don't have much to I don't have much to add about it because it's really you know that's it's it's amazing you know people aselach harav you know we said aselach harav and we found ourselves uh, you know we don't know we don't want to accept what the Rav say, but the right. gdolim the gdolim is is unbelievable they they what they see and I saw from my experience and I, and definitely you from your experience what when the gadol is said something it's hundred percent it's clear and uh, bright suddenly you see the light if they could all say something you know yes yes exactly so okay now we're going to go to mr r uh mr e mr e you're on the high and her of nissen and as well as for those who like to ask your question please call 718-683-5858 hello Yes, Shalom. Yes, uh, yes. First of all, thank you so much for taking my call. Let me join your program. I have a coworker, actually a, a boss in my school, that's very self-confident and uh, and uh, gets along very well with everybody. He has no issues with anything. He has a terrible fear and phobia of flying. A year ago, he was supposed to go on vacation, and last minute, the day of his, his departure, he just chickened out because he was too afraid of flying. He says that once, like four or five years ago, he was on a plane, and he got some um, kind of panic attack, and since then he can't see himself on an airplane. He, it bothers him and bothers me terribly. What can I do to help him overcome that fear? That's difficult. You just asked a hard question. So it's as if I would be telling you I have a friend of mine that's got a severe learning disability. In just yes. one area, just, uh, just um, letters of, just words that have 15 letters and on, because everywhere else he's highly successful, so it's just in one area. And now I can just please teach me how to, you know, just over the ear and just share with me two little points. And let me explain to you why it's more complicated. Any tool that I'm going to tell you, tell him, ignore it, it's okay, he's done that already. Because he took sure. about someone right. that is running a school, sounds like, or, or, or right. higher up position where they're successful, so all the cognitive tools they're aware of. So what's really needed is identifying, there's, there's a lot more needed that I can just share over the air. So you just asked me a therapist question, how do you do therapy to something which needs, that I might need 45 minutes, an hour and a half of an evaluation. Just to get information, what's right. happening? What? So there's no easy fix. <laughs> uh, there might be. First of all, just always no medications and easy fix. I hate saying it, but just so people should know. There's a clonopin that people like taking if they have a panic attack. They t- I don't want to say which medications. It's just like simple ones that many times work. And the doctors prescribe that for people who have a fear of flying. So you don't have to take medication all the time. You take it 45 minutes before. 
And many times that's in itself. Sometimes it works for some people, sometimes it doesn't. But that's definitely one of the tools if people want a quick fix that work. And it's not like, a, you know, it doesn't work for everyone. It's like everything else. You need a doctor to prescribe it, etc. However, we're just, just giving the quick fix answer. Uh, okay. Thank you so much yeah. anyway. And I uh, really enjoy uh, all the help you give all your people. And Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And see okay, good night. It's a beautiful question. It's a great question. I just wish the answer would be that simple. <laughs> okay, take care. Thank you very much. Sure. Hatzlacha. Yeah. All right. We go to Mr. R. Mr. R, you're on the air with Mordechai Nervison. And again, the number to call is 718 683 There could be chemical reasons. The person's not eating well. The person's got a virus. The person can have mono Epstein bar temperature, whatever there's going on. There could be thousands of reasons. So the word of there may be a sickness came into him. There could be lots of things, sure. And it looks like a depression, and it's a physical thing. That's partially why we do an evaluation, a history. When did it start? What's happening? Is it once? Is it a while? Is it more than six months to really be diagnosed depressed? You need to have it more than six months. And then there's a uh-huh. lot more So you're bringing up the third person. possibility that, uh, you, but you're also saying that it doesn't come from nowhere. You are saying it, the source is from 
uh, either a sickness or something. A person no, what is I'm saying is, let's physically, no, his body's not working. Limit. We're trying to pinpoint. I'm trying to explain to you and just give you more options that it can be. I'm not uh-huh. saying you gave me option A, option B, and I'm telling you there is C, D, E, F, G, H, I, N, J. Uh, and well, things but, don't but just happen. It could that, be a combination that, of it all. But, but you are eliminating the, the, that side that it just doesn't come from nowhere. There's a source. There's either a sickness. I just heard one more besides not recognizing the good. I just heard another source that a person might have gotten sick. Either physically he's not eating good, his body's not working, or a chemical reaction in his body. That's one more source where you're All right, let me share with you another one. From. Since you think you we have... just got to two sources, I'll, I will also give you um, another option why a person can suddenly just not. He sleeps, he's not sleeping enough. He didn't eat the right foods. Not sick, not even sick, just not eating the right foods, not sleeping enough will put a person yeah, into I, a depression. It's just, I'm not so and knowledgeable. It, I didn't think people fall into depression because yep. they... Put a person just five is, hours uh, sleep, is, four hours sleep. It's yep. severe. It's a, a very severe depression. thing. Yep. And people yep. from lack of sleep or lack of eating fall into depression? Yes. Yes. Huh. There's a lot more. I just shared with you a couple. There's a lot more that I can share with you. How about another one, which is just seeing their friend be in a major depression, being around someone that's depressed. That can also have a major effect on you. Therapists need to do a lot of self-care. the level of, of depression? Uh, yeah, that of course. Yeah, you like, hang around yeah. depressed people. You can't live with yeah, themselves? Yeah. Yes, Sure. Do you know how many people, I just read a study last week that was going around the social workers, they have um, uh, certain pamphlets like where they send out information, and I was reading about one of the social workers said after being a social worker for 10 years, she couldn't handle hanging around people that have depression and anxiety, that it was having affecting her, and she was on medication, and it kept on being raised, and she realized she just wasn't doing the steps to heal herself. So this is a social worker that has experience. But did she fall into depression, actual depression? Yes, 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 sure. If you don't balance yourself, yes. You don't heal yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many medical doctors, I know of several medical doctors, that they are more prone to illness because they're hanging around illness all day. Their, their immune system gets weaker. They are sick more than me and you put together a year because they are prone to hang around viruses. If you hang right. around that, the that makes sense. You don't do the that, that's catchy, but over here we're, here, we're t- dealing with a mental so uh, recognition so, of right. Of so now, my friend, all life. I wanted to do was not answer your question, but to show you there is a lot more. And when therapists do an evaluation, there is a lot that we check for. We check: is there also a family history? Are there other stuff going on? There's a lot that we look at when we do an evaluation. So when you're trying to do, does a person get into a depression because of, A, it just happens suddenly, or does there have to be a reason? That's what we try to find out. And many times it might not even be depression. It might even be anxiety that because the pain is so great, it now looks like depression. And we need to know, is depression the primary diagnosis or is it a secondary diagnosis? Now we need to treat the primary diagnosis. And many times the secondary issue falls apart. Sometimes you need to treat the secondary first before we can get to the primary. There are lots of points that happen. 
But to answer your original question, does a person suddenly fall into a depression for no reason at all? I don't believe that. In other words, the body in a natural state will be happy, could have downers, but not depressed. Depressed, there can be many reasons why, and that's where you need to know what you're doing. Uh, after mentioning so many other reasons, so the, the reason which I brought up myself as my first um, the first possibility that because he's not recognizing all the goodness in the life, is that also a reason for for bringing depression? I'm not understanding. Is that are you familiar with? Uh, do you have such cases? I didn't understand what you said. If you can just share that again, it was too complicated. That, that I am telling you that a person sees all the goodness in his life. A person appreciates the food he eats. A person appreciates the house he lives in, the clothing he's wearing. All, every, all, there's so much good in a person's life. So here's the again the weakness. Here's the difficulty. Let me ask you, try it. Try it on the person. You see, my problem is I feel like you have one tool and you want to use a tool for everything. If therapy would that be that simple, just have an eye in toiva, then you just settled. Why go to college? Why learn anything? Just look at a positive eye. Again, I'm trying to. My question is: If you had such cases, because because are you oversimplifying the problem? Depression. I I won't limit that. No, I don't find a person just getting into depression because they just have a negative view. Uh I don't find it's just that. From my experience, you're going to find a lot more other issues in there. I don't like simplifying the brilliant human being that the Rebbeinu Shlom created. All right, the person created an amazing human with an amazing brain that's a brilliant, genius machine. And to say just because of one reason, that's why the whole thing shuts down, I usually don't find I usually find there are many stuff going on at once. Could be a lack of friends there. Could be just in their eating. Could be that they're not sleeping. Could be everything put together, a touch of this, a touch of that, certain things of their past, things are being triggered, other stuff happening, whatever it should be. But I usually find the human brain is a bit more complex than one problem happened. I started looking negative, and now I fell back. Genius. So just look at a positive, and it changes. It's not that simple. Mm-hmm. I hear. Could be yeah. that his, his friend also pushing him to be sm- uh, um, uh, happier? Is a friend, I didn't understand. Is a friend pushing him to be happier? Healthier? Happy, you know? Appreciate uh, it. Could be, could be that he's, he's uh, just, no, you know, the, the, Actually, this friend who I had this debate with, is not, he's not depressed. He, I just, if you want to know the source why I asked the question, I don't think, because there's really a Reb Chaim Vital who speaks about misery of a person, and he says, Atzvus comes from the lack of, of Ayin Teva. The opposite of Atzvus is to see to be okay. whatever you have in your life to appreciate, and that's what's called access. We, and we, that person who I was learning this with said that, no, people just become depressed. Now, since so I don't want to go into the political I, 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 know, how, I don't opinion, know if we would call today depression opinion, and what they call access. I, I, I called. Right, who said it's Hainoha? Who said it's the same Atsus that they're referring to then to what we're referring to clinical depression? We'd have to, we'd have, to ask a Rav that question. Uh, do you think this is the depression? 
Okay. You just made you just made an assumption. Did you ever speak to anyone? Did you speak to any Talmudim? Someone that learns as far many of the Rabbanim? Is that it? Because that's a difficulty when someone just quotes a safer. If I care, do it. That's what we always tell someone. Before you go to the therapist, first go to the Rav. First do the Rabbanim's atus. And then once, if that doesn't work, then we know it's a diagnosable issue, then the Rabbanim send to the therapist. It's two separate things. Learning Masil Yisharim, the amount of Rabbanim and Gedah, I don't use the but Rabbanim or Askanim and people that know the information, but then they're certainized when they send to the therapist, because it's a different type. So you were just, now we just made that heckish of Atzvah's there, and in Hebrew we call clinical depression Atzvah's, and now it's the same thing. I don't know, I would ask a Rav. Good. Right, thank, thank you for you. your question, your comment. I appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, we, we're, we're going to go with, to Ms. We, M. Thank you for holding this while. Yes, we're we'll not arguing with uh, Chaim Vital. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. No, Reb Chaim Vital. With, uh, <laughs> that's right. With the greatest of humility. Miss uh, <laughs> okay. M. Ms. M. You're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissim. <clears throat> Hi, um, I just wanted to know because, like, today it was like I was sent out of class because I called out. And it was like, thing is, like, I, cause I thought it was like, okay, I called out and, like, next. Like, I don't, didn't think she had to make a big deal of it. But to me, a very big Either when I was Wait, later. I was out, like, so you're thrown was, out of class and you don't know why because. No, I, she told me because whatever, because I would call out. Yeah. Like, and I think, like, okay, whatever, I'm in ninth grade, yeah, so, like, case, like, in elementary, okay, you called out, and, like, hey, you were sent out, but, like, here it's different, it's, like, I thought it was, like, whatever, it's, like, okay, fine, so I got sent out. But at least she went and repeated to a different teacher that, oh, that, whatever, like, oh, the class did this, and class did this, and whatever, I had to send someone out, so this other teacher, as the teacher sent me out, who did he have to send, who did he send out? So she's, like, oh, the girl that's standing, the girl that's standing behind us, and I was the only one standing there because the teacher that set me up one. So I'm standing there waiting for Wait, a now let me ask and then you, she can goes you tell and, me your question first, and then you'll give me the history? So what's your question? So I just want to know, like, like if really, like, um, if it's, like, the teacher is, like, like, I think that, like, now it's, like, like, before in case, I felt like, I didn't, like, think, like, whatever, I felt bad that I got sent out. But now that you go, went there and repeated it to this other teacher, and, like, this other teacher, when she came in, she had, like, Again, bad I audience, like, now I'm going to have to send it. Me What's your question? Your question is what? What's your question? Give me your question first, then you'll give me the history. No, so my, so my question, my question is that, like, like, now that, now that she's, um, now that she's, like, now that the other teacher came in, she also had, like, a bad arm. She said, okay, so now maybe she can do something bad in this class. Maybe right. I should so something bad also. Now your question is, if you made trouble once and you were asked to leave and the teacher told it to the next teacher that you were asked to leave, will she have a bad eye on you? No, she did have a bad eye on me. She was looking Why? to send me at also. Why? Why would you say that? Because you Watch. could tell Let's when the teacher different. comes in. Let's try it. How about, notice how you're shifting your difficulties. And I just want, for all the teenagers listening, I think this is a great Kiddush Hashem. This is a great question. Now, I'd like to share with you the difference how adults think and how teenagers and kids think. Teen- kids look at it this way. If the, if the teacher is upset at me, it's the teacher's fault. They're picking on me. That's a teenager's way of looking at it. The teacher now has a bad eye on me. Do you know how adults look at it? Adults look at it. 
I better shape up and I better behave a little better. So this teacher should not have the bad eye on me, or if she's having a bad eye on me, she won't catch me. I'll no, so I, so I became, no, so I became even quieter in her class. Yeah, I would try not to open up my mouth. excellent. But, say thank you. No, but like any teacher. little word they said, yeah, she really looked in my direction because she was scared that I'm no, threatening no, her stop, position stop, of authority. No, I disagree with that. How long are you quiet? How long have you remained quiet in the first teacher and the second teacher? The first teacher, I, like, the thing is, the first, it's not like I talked to the kid next to me. It's just that, like, she started explaining a topic, and I didn't understand what was going on. So, like, I, I, so, like, I called her and told her that, like, she, like, she wanted to explain something in science. So I called her and told her it doesn't, like, like I don't, like, so it doesn't make I sense. I don't want to hear the details. Could, I got you. Now, so that teacher taught you, when you have a question, what do you do when you don't understand something? You raise your hand, you keep it, and what do you do? Right. You're supposed to raise your hand, but it's not no, 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 don't give me right. Question. What does the teacher want you to do? Simple. One answer. Keep it to one hand. sentence. One sentence. What does the teacher want you to do when you have a question? To raise your hand. That's it. Period. Now, let me ask you. Have you learned with teacher number one to raise your hand? See, is that what's raising your no, hand? No, no, no. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't know where the word thing comes in. It's yes or no. The answer is no. The very way hard to keep your mouth shut through the whole entire yes. day. That's right. So now let's go ahead. So now let's look at it like an adult. The beauty of teenagers, and that's what's so great that you're not a client of mine, so I can share it with you, is the goal is teenagers are between half kids, half adults. Many times you think like adults, and many times you act like a kid. Here is where now you're being taught to act like an adult. To act like an adult means actually shut your mouth in class the whole time, and if you have a question, you raise your hand. We don't say the teacher is wrong. We say now you'll learn. Hey, I know I'm wrong. I called it up. Like I don't understand what's like. Like in the way case, so she called it up. At least it was on topic, topic, and not off topic. I'm there you go. You so see, now you're actually like the kid again. I there you go. You see, that's the issue. And now you're going to end up blaming the teacher instead of saying, "Oh, I just acted like a kid." Could you no, imagine? But please, I don't know why I have to be sent down. Could you, oh, now you don't like why she's punishing you. Notice, notice no, how you should. I don't your understand why. I don't care if she punishes me. I don't understand why. It. I want to know why. Let's so I try this again. Who did something wrong? You or the teacher? Let's t shift responsibility back to you. It's such a pleasure to work with okay. teenagers that you're not a client of mine. I Let's did something wrong, again. but I want to know what what I did wrong so I can correct myself. I'm trying to figure out what's wrong with me. Yeah, I'm trying to understand what's going on in class. The whole class is talking, yeah? Now, let's but stop I a second. Have, I, how, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can you please take responsibility on yourself? That's how we treat teenagers to learn okay. to start being adults. Sure. What so basically, the whole stop class was talking, and I was Harav, talking this, so on topic. Hold on, I've done enough talking. Harvin, listen, <laughs> you get involved. <laughs> Look, Mordechai, I know that I am a little bit, uh, I, on this issue, a little bit uh, disagree. You know, sometimes... Oh, I you can always I, disagree. But I, I know, I know, I know girl. that sometimes, sometimes, un unfortunately, you have kids that are, uh, you know, the teacher put eye on them. But this, this is, you know, this is a case, and I, I really understand the question of the girl that she wants to know what, why she got punished. She, yeah. you know, she wants to know, know she wants to know do? why, like, why she got punished. Calling, yeah. I, the whole class is talking okay. off okay, topic. Talk. I'm talking on topic young, and you get Young lady, out. young lady, let me talk. <laughs> because I don't know if, if the teacher, if you uh, behave in front of the teacher like this, it's, it will be a, a raise kind of resentment and she will be upset. 
So this is something that we, you, teenagers, has to learn. Has to learn how to shut up. You know, I'm sorry, well, my language, how to be quiet. And this is something very important in the classroom. And I know, I know that many, many kids has a lot of energy. And sometimes teachers are not full of patience. And this is what happened the, the, the situation. I, I quite believe that you are a big leader in the classroom. And you, you have a lot of influence in the classroom. Why not really? I'm not such a, I'm more like, I'm more like average. Like, uh, okay, like I'm not that I, noisy, but I'm not that quiet. I, I, think, I think that you have more than this. And uh, I think that uh, definitely, definitely you have to work on your midah, on, on the big, a little bit, uh, you know, quiet. And try to understand the teachers that stand in front of, I don't know, 20, 30 girls, a lot of noise, a lot of things. And yes, definitely, sometimes, true, true. That's, sometimes. That's so true, but the thing is that everyone is talking about, okay, that like what uh, camp we're going but to. But you, you don't get and the I'm point. I'm asking a question, like, why is it, like, why is the apple, apple, not orange? And like, I'll ask, I don't understand what's going okay. on. I'm asking I'd, a question to understand. And the girls are talking in the back question. That How about your parents? How many other places are you having this difficulty that you need to understand something and you have a difficulty following authority? It's not I think it's like Come it's on, how many, how many teachers and principals, how many times in camp, how many times with your parents? Let's, let's stop focusing on this teacher. The way you're dealing with me, the way you're speaking to her, and I hear straight out you're having this all over in so many places. It's not true. It's just that there's two oh, teachers. Oh, just this one teacher. You told me this is the first time in ninth grade you're having this time. You've never had that problem before, ever? No, I think, no it's more of like, like this is, it's only like by one teacher. Yeah, this is only one teacher. Everyone else, you've, you've always been able to follow the rules, and it's just one teacher. And you're the never thing is, out the no, the thing, thing is, like, all the other teachers, like, maybe don't care if I'm calling out, or just that this teacher really cares. Okay, so really. I'm trying to figure out so why I'm going to ask the question again. How many other teachers did they have problems with you or ask you to leave the class because of your talking? So... I was sent out one other time, but not because of talking. So it's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, fine. Uh, so we're going to go over here, and I want to thank you for calling in. And Hatzlacha. Good luck. No, I want to understand. Like, I just want to uh, understand. We've, what's we've given already enough time. We've created an awareness. We've created an awareness for those listening, and maybe you can but listen like, to I the just recording. Have to stay, I just have to be quiet. Yes. But the, you know what else happened? Like, that, got no, my I, would I really recommend you speak to, I think you should really speak to one of the Mechanechas, one of the teachers. I think you can use a couple times across it. There's a lot. There's, we're just giving you a couple of minutes. This is an awareness. And you're starting to realize okay. that you might be part of the issue. It's not just your teacher. You know, it's, we hear what the teacher might need to work on a little, but we hear what you need to work on 80%, and you're not focusing on your 80%. You are, you're focusing on the teacher's 20%. No, no, I'm, I'm focusing on my present also. No, you're not. I don't hear. Good, good. No, no, okay. Help. Okay, okay. So we're so, going to go okay. now. I want, right. I want to tell that something that it's a, I, I always tell my, what, that's what I tell to my kids and to myself. Don't look at uh, other kids. Don't look at other people. Do your, do your own way. Don't look uh, outside what he's doing, what she's doing, what is, you know, because uh, we can find a lot of mistakes and other, and other people. Do what you can do the best. So we'll go to uh, Mrs. S, right? Yep, Mrs. S, you're on the air with Mordechai. Hi. Um, uh, I have like a 
question that's like really I'm like wondering about like for a long time. Like I find myself being like a pretty much regular, like an 18 year old, and I find myself like I talk to myself a lot. I want to know how normal it is. Okay, why don't you answer that question? How normal do you think it is that you talk to yourself? I, I would say so pretty normal. You answer the question because sometimes people can do it a little, but how much do they talk to themselves? Um. Well, I could be replaying events in my head and like replaying it with my words, in my, with my lips. Seriously. Okay, so then you'll answer your question if you think, think it's a little, a lot, or whatever. All that stuff, you'll figure it out. Um, I would say it's pretty normal because I think I'm pretty normal. Good, you got it. What do you think? Don't know. I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you try doing that. What what is a general take on people that talk to themselves? It doesn't so, sound like a normal I thing. I talk to myself. I motivate myself a lot. With, with your lips. I think I did it a couple of times. Sure. With your lips. Yeah, I actually say it out loud. Good job, Mordechai. Wow. Yeah, I did it actually twice today. And what if I like? I'm thinking like what I should have said, and like let's say I had a conversation, and like what I should have said, I'm also saying it with my lips. Yeah, the question is, is anyone around? Could you hold yourself back? Do you like talking, thinking out loud? Do you like hearing your voice? I would never do it around people. All right, so it's okay. So you do it. You like thinking out loud. I don't hear an issue to that. If you do it around people or things like that, then it's... Uh... I, I don't do it around people. But, but it's not like I'm consciously not to be around people. It's just that whenever I'm doing it, I realize that I'm alone. Again, let me ask you, why do you do it? I know why I do it, because when I do it, the reason why I speak out loud is because I don't always want to be mishubba to other people's validation, and when I want to validate myself or appreciate myself, or like tap yourself on the back, I don't want to feel that I always need someone else. I want to know that I can do it on my own, that I can congratulate myself on my own. I find like I, I like assure myself with it. You said assure yourself? Yeah. Then that's then that's when people do it. Actually, a lot of the mov- a lot of the motivational. I mean, I got it from the big motivational speakers and things like that. Is where they are. They build themselves up. You write down, let's say, your confidence, your points, your your strengths, and then you say, "Wow, I'm that strong. I'm good. I can succeed." And by actually saying your positive points out loud, it builds it up. So hearing it, saying things are strong. Sometimes people, they, I get the question a little bit when it's a bit more interesting when they like talking to themselves. So should I do this or should I do that? And I want to do this because of this. I don't want to do that because of that. Then it starts getting a little bit more weird. But still, to be able to spend time with yourself is important. But again, it really depends on the context and how long it's happening and all, along all those lines. But why is it that people who talk themselves are considered like Meshuggah? Because, unfortunately, there is a real diagnosis where people talk to themselves and they have conversations with themselves, and that is quite extreme. So how would I know if I'm not doing it to an extreme? What's considered, what's the border? Again, notice, you want me to answer when you, I don't know what's going on by you, so I can't do that. Mm-hmm. We created an awareness here. Mm-hmm. So like within the myth and just to show yourself, you'd say it's within the normal range? I would and- ask you, again, you said you motivate yourself. If someone motivates themselves and saying, good job, then it's good. Motivate <laughs> Yeah, you know the best way is to put a Bluetooth in the ears, so that nobody thinks that you are not normal, and you talk to yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, so we'll go to uh, um, Mrs. Mrs. L. Hello, Mrs. L. You're on the air with Mordechai and Harav Nissa. 
Yes, hi. Good evening. Thanks for taking my call. I know you have discussed this issue in the past. I actually tried going back track to your previous um, like questions and answers, but I couldn't come up with that question, and it's pressing enough for me to make the call. Um, I was wondering how to deal with a student that is selective mute. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why don't you share with all the listeners, what are we saying in the, in, what uh, do you say just, about It's very low, and I have a very hard time hearing your voice. All right, well, what did we say in the past? I'm not sure. I remember hearing that question and not paying attention to it, and now when I tried going back, I couldn't find it on the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, what's the... Go ahead. I know you said a lot in the past about, like, getting students to go to their house and, like, getting them acquainted, and we did all that, and she does speak with classmates, but when it comes, like, she comes out to the learning center she or any adults in the school setting, that's where she, like tenses up and she's refusing to speak and she doesn't even respond to anything like not with get gestures and not with writing or not with anything. Is it other places also when she goes to any adults or just in your well, life? Her mother claims that it's more of an anxiety like from strange adults, like from strangers that are only like adults, not with children. But even if that's the case, I want to know how, like, I feel like I'm like not getting through, like I'm wasting my time if there is no response whatsoever from the child. Well, again, let's let's share with you concepts and not actually how to help because right. that's a different question. Concepts are that when someone is selective mute, it's because they don't feel safe. So the question is, how would you get her feel safe? Right. So we we discussed a lot of things. We have a noise machine going on, so she feels safe in case she doesn't want other people to hear. Um, did she the first say that couple or did of weeks. You say that. Does she say what she's not safe about? So she discussed that she doesn't want other people. She mean to the social worker. She had discussed that she doesn't like when other people might overhear or whatever. So we bought in a noise machine, and she asks, and she, every day that she comes and she runs over to it and she turns it on, but it doesn't go too much further than that. So notice, you're focused on one point. You focus, she said one point, that she doesn't want people to overhear, and right away you jumped and making a noisemaker, but it didn't help. Maybe right. you need to ask her, tell me five problems that are going on. So you need to address all five. Mm-hmm. But my question is, even if she doesn't respond whatsoever, it's like now that she even gives us any feedback that we could even work with that, like she wouldn't respond to telling tell me why. She's... You know, it's like the minute she comes out to an adult in the school, she is freezing up no matter what. So it's getting very complicated how we could even figure out what's. Then you need now a specialist. So let's share the awareness. The Mm -hmm. awareness is that kids, when they freeze up, it's because there's a specific reason. They're not feeling safe. What we need to do is we need to identify what are the issues that are making her not feel safe. And then what we try to do is how to create the safety in that place, in that area for her to speak. Now, we need to know, is there something going on in the family? Is there an uncle, cousin, or people that come to the parent's house where she doesn't feel safe, where they're yelling or they take away her stuff, and therefore she doesn't feel safe anywhere? Is it just in school? That's what we need to evaluate. In the evaluation, you find out where it is. Is it specific teachers? Is it maybe just the fact that she's being pulled out and she feels like a lower class because of that? Maybe if she would have a friend, she would be able to speak. That's all what happens in the evaluation. In the evaluation, you start looking for patterns. Uh-huh. So my question is, what kind of evaluation and who, who should be doing a such therapist, evaluation? A therapist, a social worker, or a therapist that deals with selective mute. Uh-huh. That's, okay, fine. Yeah. Thank you. They deal, that's right. And they do the full evaluation. They'll realize what to do and how to deal with it. Yeah.
Yeah, but like you said, and I, I appreciate how you shared that just oversimplifying it, the kid saying, oh, I don't want anyone to overhear, and right away you get a noisemaker, and she's still not speaking, just shows us that it is a lot more with, there's a lot more than just one point. That's, again, why evaluations are so important. People tell us, oh, the therapist is just doing an evaluation to take money to waste time. Why don't we just do the job? We can't. We need to know what's happening, and sometimes it's that complicated that we need two or three sessions to do an evaluation to really get the picture. If a couple of pieces of the puzzle are not adding up, that means we're missing something, and we still have to do the evaluation before we can actually give a full and complete diagnosis. Harav Nissen, what do you say? No, nothing more about it. It's a, it's a, okay. okay. We're, we're going to go to Ms. To L, or I, who's that? Mrs. L. Ms. Ms. L, L you're on with Mordechai and Harav Nissen. Hello? hello. You go to hello. All right. Hello. With a number hello. to call. Do you hear me? Question. Yes. Yes. Hello. Okay. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yes. And there's a person that really hurt me in the past, and now she's around, around my life, and she really annoys me, and there's no way I could avoid it. So it's like she's there, and she's there, and I just have to face it. So how do I deal with this situation? Be yeah. open with that person. Tell the person, do you know, when I speak to you, I've got, we, we've, my, I've got a heavy heart. But she really hurt Let's me. Like, I, I can't seem to speak to her. Like, I can't, I can't see myself. Yes, then go ahead and get someone to help you out. How? You see, notice, you asked me an adult question, and we're trying to create the awareness to teach you how to do it. Now, there are a lot of other little steps. You can first write her a letter and not give it to her. And like, right, I'm hurt or I'm annoyed when you do this and this and this, and please stop. And sometimes you could even have your... your but this girl's also like, she, like she's not responsive to words. Like, I once spoke to her about it, and she was just like evading the topic entirely. So like, I can't really talk to her about it. So it's just like, it's about me, not about her. Like, how do I face it? How do I face it? Can you please share that again? It's not about her. It's about me, like... She's there, and I can, can't do anything about it. It's about me, Impossible. how I start creating. the situation, okay. and how I deal with it. Let's clarify. That's what we do in therapy. So in therapy, when someone comes and I have a problem and I don't know why, we call that pre-therapy a little, or sometimes it's therapy, where we start helping the person get an awareness. So if your body's getting anxious, realize if your body tenses up, there is something that is bothering you. She's, and now let's start figuring out why. Me. What? Hello? Yes. Recognize, if your body tenses up, there's something that bothers you. Right. And now your job is to start thinking, what? What did you just say? Your job is to start figuring out what's bothering me. Is it this? You start giving yourself five or six options. Why is it that it's bothering you? What it's about it's bothering you? She hurt me. Like, I cannot... She hurt me, and she really hurt me. Notice how so, you said you get into the room and you don't know why you tense up. Now you're saying you do know why she hurt I you. I do know. Now it's, it's I. I said I do know. I, it's just okay, that I, so now you like the, me right down, the, the right way or the original way is for you to actually tell her. And you know I'm hurt, and then she can apologize. This way she can work it out. But she's not such a person. She's a person that's going to turn around to me that it wasn't her fault. It was my fault. Okay, then at least first write a letter. Write to her a letter and don't give a it letter to her. A letter will also won't do because we have like an entire scandal about a letter and she's going nice. to laugh at it. Nice, to yourself, to yourself. 
We've got about 10 oh, seconds to myself. go, so unfortunately I've got to go now. But if you'd like, call up Merz Hashem next week. And okay. I want to thank Harvnissen. I'd like to thank J. Root and all the callers for calling in. What a pleasure.